Today we're going to talk about the new nature. Many Christians don't realize the significance of what happened to them when they were born again. Much like you and like me, the day we got born again was probably more along the lines of uh, you need to ask Jesus in your heart or you're going to go to hell. And that was probably the extent of what we understood what was happening to us when we got born again. And as we grew, we learned more and more, especially about what magnificent thing happened, the most important thing in the history of the world and the history of your life was that you received a new nature from God, a nature of Christ. So when you got born again, it wasn't just you signing a new membership at a gym. Now I'm going to the church instead of going to the bar. It was an actual quickening. Your old nature of sin that you were born with was quickened and lit up by the light of God. And now you have a new nature of righteousness, a nature of light. I used to think I had a little Jesus running around in me. I had Jesus in my heart. And we'd sing songs about I have the Lord in my heart, Jesus in my heart. And I always thought I had a little Jesus running around. And he had a kitchen in there and a bedroom and living in my heart. And as I've learned more about this new nature, I received actually the nature of Christ. The very nature, not the exact same nature, but the same nature as Jesus when he was resurrected from the dead, is what I was God used to quicken me when I was born again. So I have this new nature in me, and that's what you have, a new nature. Uh, the word in the scripture can use the word spirit, the new nature, righteousness, image, light. These are all words used to describe this new nature inside of you. So the new nature was quickened the moment you were born again you received that new nature. It came from the old nature. It was quickened. Uh, God spoke light into darkness, and you became a creature, a species of light, an actual child of God. That's why we use the word born again. The Bible says you were born again. You were born the first time with the nature of Adam from your earthly family. You were born again the second time. You are born the second time with the nature of Christ, your new family, the children of God, with God as your Father. And so today we want to look at how this works, because, see, you receive the new nature, but that's just the beginning of your transformation. It's the root of your transformation, but it's just the beginning. When you hear words like, you are complete in Christ, see, We all know that that's not quite accurate in the sense of, I thought I was born again, everything should be fixed now. Why am I fighting sickness, sin, desires, insecurities, fears, pride? Why do I still have these? Well, because that part of the transformation isn't complete. But the part that is complete is the new nature. The new nature is like a seed. If you take a seed from an orange tree, if you could look into that seed at what it is and cut it open and look into it, you would see inside of that seed is an actual full grown, the image of a full grown mature orange tree. And if you plant it and let it come forward, it will build what the image inside of it is. So nothing else will be built. You won't get an apple tree out of an orange seed. 
Uh, you'll only get an orange seed because that's the image in the seed. You may not know it, you may not see it, but it's there. And that's why when you plant it in the ground, it takes the nutrients and builds whatever the image is. Well, inside of you right now is a nature, a new nature, a seed of God. Inside of that seed, if you were to look inside of it, is a perfect image of Jesus while he was on this earth in his holiness and in his love. Not in his divinity, but in his holiness and in his love. All of his characteristics, his attributes, are in this image inside of the nature that's inside of you right now. That nature is in your inner man. And it brought to life your inner man, your inner body. But now the goal is to take that image and have it come forward into your inner man. Build it up to where the characteristics of Jesus come forward in your inner man. The, the knowledge of God, the characteristics of love, joy, peace, uh, not of this world. They build up in your inner man and then eventually in transformation, you mortify the false worldly, earthly imitations of these characteristics with the real deal. It doesn't happen automatically. Otherwise, you would already, and I would already, be fully walking in love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and all all wrong thinking would have done away with if that was the full job. Now, there'll be a day when the trumpet sounds that you'll receive a new body and you won't have the fight that you have. But until then... God put in you the new nature and it brought to life your inner man. And now we bring that forward. Now, I know I'm doing a lot of pass and review here on the transformation process. But it's important that we, we, as we inch along further in the knowledge of this, that we understand what's happening. Why is it so important that I pray in tongues? Why is it so important that I worship? Well, because you're giving the new nature what it needs to grow inside of you, to come forward inside of you. You can look at praying in tongues as the nutrients that you give the seed for it to grow. And where does it grow? It grows in your inner man. Your inner man, your inner body, your spiritual man is alive and righteous now, meaning it's the only place that can contain the real love of God. The outer man doesn't. That's why we mortify the outward man. We don't just shine it up and make it pretend it loves or act in love. We actually grow and mature to that new nature. We grow the love of God in us. The actual love of Jesus can grow, that characteristics can grow inside of you. Now, I'm going to start here and just read a few verses. And we're going to get to Peter. And we're going to see Peter's preaching of the same imagery of transformation. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So I want you to see the word image here. So the transformation means that I already have the image in me. The nature of Christ is in me already, but it's in seed form. And it will remain in seed form my entire life. And I'll still go to heaven because I have that seed. That nature is what allows you to go to heaven. So thank God for that. 
And if some people don't ever change, but they have that nature, they still can go to heaven. So thank God for that. But we don't want to stay the same. We want to see the gospel really come forward in this world. So the transformation is me taking that image of Jesus in his holiness, in his love, and bringing it forward into my inner man, bringing it forward into my life, and I begin to live from that person instead of the outward man who is my flesh, my outward body. So we're looking at the word image, that we are being transformed into that same image. That image is the new nature. Now we're going to go over to Colossians, and we'll read uh, out of there. Uh, Chapter 1, and I'll read verse 15 of Colossians chapter 1. We will make it to Peter in just a minute. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So here we see the word image again, and Paul says that Christ, he is the image. So you have right now inside of you, because you believed in faith and were born again, the very nature of God. That nature, the new nature, inside of it, it's like a seed. There's an image of Jesus fully grown in all of his holiness, in all of his love, joy, peace. The peace that he had when the storm was going and he was sleeping, that's in the image. The joy of the Lord, the the love of Jesus himself is already in you in the image form, in a seed form. And now we must let it grow up and transform into that image to where it becomes who we are. But it doesn't happen automatically. It has to be, we have to mature to it. I'm over in Colossians 3 now, and we've used this verse before, verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So here the picture is of renewing is that I take the knowledge of God and I renew it inside of my inner man. The inner spiritual body is where the renewing and the transformation takes place. And then once it is built up and strong and grown in knowledge and matured in love, then we take that love inside of us and we challenge the love of our natural man. We take the knowledge inside of our inner man and we challenge the knowledge of our outward man. And that is the transformation when we choose, every time we choose to live out of the matured inner man, that is a transformation. We're now more like Christ today than we were yesterday. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. That's Colossians 3 verse 10. Now Peter talks about the same process. And it's important we see this and that you know this because you'll find the same theme throughout the all the writers in all the scripture in the New Testament about building up and renewing. The church has fallen to a pattern of just trying to act like a Christian, conform into Christian instead of transform. And that's the reason for the series is to emphasize the difference between what normal modern Christianity is telling us what it's like to be a Christian to what the New Testament is describing 
is available to us if we want to have more of God. You can have as much of God as you want. So in Second Peter, I'm going to start here. Oh, let's start in verse 10 of chapter 1. And we're going to backtrack, but we're going to start in verse 10 of chapter 1, Second Peter. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. So prior to this, Peter gives a pathway, a practice of a lifestyle that will make it so that you will never stumble, that you'll never stumble, you'll never fail, you'll finish your course, you'll finish your calling. This is a great promise and a great warning. What we have to understand about Peter is he lived his whole life, we know, serving God. He died uh, as a martyr. They went to uh, crucify him and he requested, history says he requested to be martyred upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be a martyr like Jesus. And here we have a man who failed in his desire to die for God we read about that in John, how he failed and, and didn't lay his life down. But yet in the end of his life, he conquered that and became a martyr. Well, we can take all of Peter's life, his wisdom, all that he learned by his mistakes, what he did when he walked with God, and when he walked with Jesus, what he learned, how he overcame. We all love Peter because he kind of makes mistakes and owns it. But here we have a man whose whole life, and recorded on paper, we have two books, two small books. One is five chapters, the other is three chapters. So in eight chapters, Peter wrote his whole history, his whole life wisdom in these eight little chapters. And so I'm saying that because what we're about to read should be significant to you, should have some depth and heaviness because... He didn't write this just freely. This is a man's life of wisdom who actually walked with Jesus, who overcame, who became a mighty apostle that God used mightily, who ended up being a martyr. Here his wisdom is written down, and I don't want us just to breeze through this. It's on purpose that he wrote these things the way he did. It's not by accident. It's not just happenstance it's on purpose and that means that you and I should take give some honor to it and really understand there's a reason why he laid it out the way he did and he says what he's about to tell us here if you do these things you will not stumble in your life in your walk with God and you'll enter into heaven fully completing what God has for you so we're going to go back now to verse 1 and we're going to read slowly it's going to be another study lesson, a Bible school lesson. But this will help you to understand why I preach the way I do and why it's so important, I believe, what we do. I'll read on for a second because this is, this is funny or interesting. Uh, verse 10, chapter 1. Therefore, brethren, even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. 
For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and are established in the present truth. What I love about that, verse 12. He says, for this reason, what I just shared with you will cause you not to stumble and to enter abundantly into everlasting life, into the kingdom. For this reason, even though you have already established in the present truth the knowledge that I'm teaching you, I will not be negligent to remind you always. In other words, I'm going to keep preaching the same message. The same message. Peter, what's your opinion? The same message. Peter, teach us a new revelation. Here's the same message. You know how many ministries out there today, they're always striving for a new revelation, a new special miracle, a new sign and wonder, a new dream, a new vision. Always trying to present something new and flashy because the people like that. And here Peter says, yeah, I'm going to teach you the same thing over and over again. I will not be negligent to remind you of what I've taught you before. And I know I've taught it to you enough that you know it. I'm going to teach it to you again. Why would he say that except that this is the the victory that he sees. This is the pathway to success in a Christian's life. So let's look at that pathway. And you're going to find that it matches up pretty well with Paul's teaching that we've been teaching about transformation. Verse 1, chapter 1, 2 Peter. Praise God we don't have to stumble. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, verse 2, we're going to take our time here. And I want to stop because I know this transformation series, I'm going slow and I'm taking my time. But these are actual building blocks of truth that once they get in you, then God could add more truth to it. So I'm okay with taking my time. I hope you're okay too. And I appreciate you being here. Grace and peace be multiplied. So I want us to see the word multiplied. That grace and peace can be multiplied times more to you in the knowledge of God. So if you're underlining anything, underline the knowledge of God. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Of His divine power being given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. So again, verse 3, we're taking our time. His divine power has been given to us, to all things pertaining to life. That means everything you need in this life. That's what I love about God, is He's not just interested in your productivity for how many people you witness to. He cares about every part of your life. Every need you have, if you're feeling self-worth, if you're feeling loved by Him, your value in life. He cares about your electric bill, your cost of your food, how much gasoline you'll use in your car, that you have a car. He cares about you. And this message of Peter's is going to help you in every part of everything that pertains to life. To know and and have 
God work with you through your life in what you need. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly and great precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So here we see the divine nature. The divine nature is what we call the new nature, the image of God, righteousness. This is our light. This is the new nature that you received. And it tells us right here that it's because of that nature that you have escaped the corruption of this world through lust. But it adds here that through these promises that we may be partakers of the divine nature. What I want you to notice here in verse 4, the partakers means that we partner, we join with the divine nature, we, we allow it to grow, we, we, we come alongside of it. So it's not an automatic, quick transformation. In other words, the instant you got born again, Everything that wasn't fixed in your life. You weren't all of a sudden perfect in being nice and in faith and hope and all your needs being met. And you weren't perfect in your personality. You found that what really changed? What really changed? Well, here we see what really changed was amazing, but it was invisible. It was inside of you. God took the old nature and quickened it and turned it into light. And now you have a divine nature. You are actually born of God. You actually have the nature, the image of Christ in you right now. Even though you may struggle with being sour or unhealthy or unworthy or whatever your struggle is in life, you have this divine nature in you. That's what makes you righteous, that you have that nature in you. And now our job as Christians is to become partakers of that divine nature. That is our job. And that's what Peter is talking about. And that's what Paul talked about. Renewing in the knowledge of God. And to the image of the image inside of you. The image is the divine nature. The image is inside of the seed. Inside of this nature. And it will grow forward. You already have the perfect image of Jesus. And all of his characteristics. In you right now. But now. If you become a partaker with that nature and allow it to come forward, you, in other words, you supply it with the nutrients that it needs. That would be the Word of God. That would be praying in tongues. That would be worship. Characteristics of Jesus will grow up inside of that new man, that inner man, and eventually you'll be able to put that new man on, and that's the man you live out of, the person you live out of. All right, I'm preaching too much here. Instead of reading be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, remember where we're going. Peter said, this message that I'm teaching you, I will not be negligent to remind you. I'm always going to teach you this message over and over and over. And I know preachers like that where they're the most anointed men you know. They're, they're amazing preachers. And you, you go expecting, I'm ready for a new hot revelation. 
I'm ready for a great word. And these old time preachers, they would pick on Kenneth Hagin in a sense and ask him, why are you always preaching the same thing? And Dave Roberson was the same thing. And many men and women of God that I know, they stayed on the same topic over and over because it's similar to Peter. What I'm teaching you is what you need. I know you want something fantastic, but it, the fantastic and the the over amazing things don't ever generate true change. They generate excitement, but they don't generate true change. That was one of my testing that I would do for services after I've been in a, a thousand services from different preachers was at the end of the day, what really changed in people's life at the end of the service? Because there were services where people got excited and even shouted and ran and got really blessed. But the next day they'd wake up and nothing changed. Well, what good was that service if nothing really changed in their life? What Peter is talking about and promising us in this short little message is true transformation. Things will change. God will come forward in your life if you do these things. So let's look at it now. Verse 5. How to not stumble. How to succeed in my walk with God and my calling. Here we go. Verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. So we're going to look at some real faith words here. And it's interesting. I want you to notice that in this message, Peter does not mention the word anointing, glory, excitement, glory cloud, dreams or visions or experiences. He doesn't mention any of those great revelations. He doesn't mention any of those words. Hearing God, prophesying, this is very practical words. And I want you to notice that because... Those words are mentioned way too often in the modern church. Uh, that was such an anointed service. That was such a glorious moment. I felt the presence of God. And all those things are good. But they're not the meat of what's going to cause you to grow and change. They're good if they're in the right place of your life. They're the dessert. They're not the meal. And too many in the modern church are seeking after experiences of God and dreams and visions and anointings and men are celebrated for being able to hear God and and read your mail when really it doesn't change anything. The real fruit of change comes from these practical words that Peter is about to give us. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence... So, giving all diligence, this is, in other words, this is your job. Focus on it and do it again. What do I do tomorrow? The same thing. That's diligence. Add to your faith. So, now we're saying the word add. We read the word multiply. And we heard knowledge of God. But now we're seeing the word add. So, if you have to add something, if you're going to add something, it means you don't have it. If you go to order some food at a restaurant... And it doesn't come with a drink. You say, I'd like to add a drink with that meal. Or I'd like to add tomatoes. Or I'd like to add a dessert. Or I'd like you add something to it. It's not there. You have to add it to it. And Peter is giving us a list of things to add 
after you add one, he gives you the next thing to add. But you can't skip this process. This is what's amazing to me. Peter actually saw the importance of which comes in what order, which to focus on in what order to make sure you never stumble and you enter into heaven fully abundant, successful in all that God has for you. Verse 5. I know I'm going slow. Thank you for allowing me to go slow. But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. So add to your faith, that's your salvation, you have the new nature, add now virtue. To virtue you add knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. Now I love these faith words. The faith, the glory words, hallelujah words. Diligence, self-control, knowledge, perseverance. Perseverance means that when you're sweating because you're working so hard at it, it means you keep it up. You don't stop. To perseverance, you add godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. These are glorious faith words. I love to make fun of that because some of our faith words are, don't you want to be prosperous? Don't you want to be happy? Don't you want to be joyous? Don't you want to be abundance? And those are so overused in the church today trying to entice people, where really Peter has given us words to grow up, to mature. And this type of maturing can't come from natural willpower. It comes from the divine nature in you, that image of Christ in you. This is what will come forward if you continue to walk in the message of prayer and worship. These things come forward as you grow in the knowledge of God, and you study the Word of God, these are the attributes that will come forward in you that will show the world Christ in you. Virtue, add to faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. These are all attributes that come from that new nature. This is the fruit of the Spirit that will come forward in you as you allow it to grow and come forward. And then from there, you get to put it on, the new man over the old man. Again, I'm not trying to belittle other churches or other ministries, because I think anyone who preaches Jesus and tries to move the kingdom of God forward is doing a good work, and God's pleased with that. But I just think we've overdone, as a church, In our culture, we've overdone the words of abundance and happiness and joy and uh, experiences and glory clouds and moves of God. and I mean, I go on and on. Uh, Anointings. All those are good. But how much changes, that's how much changes is what's important. There's two different type of ministers, if I can put it this way. One focuses on giving spiritual experiences and spiritual achievements in people's lives. A spiritual experience would be the anointing. It would be the glory of God or a dream or a vision, a revelation in a sense, an experience. I experienced a prophecy, someone speaking into my life, an achievement, how many people I prayed for, how many people I led to the Lord. That's an achievement. 
So many ministers, and we need those ministers, focus on that. Experiences and achievements, spiritual experiences and spiritual achievements. The problem with spiritual experiences and achievements, they're just for the moment. They don't carry on into your future. It's just for a moment, just like when you were a child and you scored the winning goal or you you got a a part in a play. You can think back to that moment when you were a child, when you had something really good happen. You caught your first fish. uh, You're out with your, your parents or your mom or your sisters or your brothers or whatever, and something good happened. You had an experience. Your first kiss as a little girl, uh, your first fish as a little boy. That's an experience you can think about and look back on. It's a moment in time, but it doesn't change the real you. It was an experience you had, and hopefully a good experience. That's similar to an spiritual experience. You're in anointed service. The point of Peter's teaching here is this is stuff that causes you to grow. Now, The other type of minister, which I kind of fall in that category, is one who always focuses on spiritual growth. It's not better than the other one, but it's what we focus on. And the reason why spiritual growth, in my view, is the most important, more important than experiences, they should be in your life to encourage you, to get you excited about the future, the possibilities. But if that's all you seek, if that's all you feed yourself on, then you're going from one experience to another. You're constantly needing to feel purpose, to feel valued, but you're never changing. Growth is like my son, who's now 16 years old. He's taller than I am. And if I'm sitting in my chair and he walks by me, my heart goes fast and I feel alarmed still because I'm surprised. You know, I think there's a man in the house. Protect the house. And I realized, oh, it's my boy. He's growing up. Well, see, as much as I, you know how on social media, like a picture you posted maybe six years ago pops up? Well, every once in a while, a picture of my son when he was 10 pops up. And he was the cutest little kid, skinny little 10-year-old. Well, now he's beefy. He's got big legs, hairy legs. Now he's becoming a man, wide shoulders. He's tall. As much as I want to squeeze him back into that cute 10-year-old, there's no way possible for me to take away his growth. His growth is done. You don't lose it. You don't lose it. He's growing up. He's no longer a 10-year-old. He's no longer a tiny little, he was always a little tall, but, you know, a skinny kid. Cute little kid. He's now becoming a man. Well, that's the point of spiritual growth. That's the difference between spiritual growth and spiritual experiences. Spiritual experiences are there to encourage you, to empower you, to strengthen you, to keep growing. But if you don't seek spiritual growth and you only seek spiritual experiences, uh, you're always looking for the fresh, something new, something fresh. I have one preacher friend who always had great testimonies. And he drew a bunch of people who followed him because his testimonies were that amazing of how God used him and of visions he saw and experiences with God. Well, the problem was, after a while, that group that followed him got bored with the same experiences. So 
he had to choose to either seek deeper experiences, more incredible testimonies. And some preachers fail at this, where they, in desire to keep the people moving and following them, they end up embellishing their testimonies or or seeking after dreams and things instead of allowing those to come. And it got bigger and bigger because the, the crowd demanded more and more because they got bored with the old stuff. And we have to be careful with some of the stuff that we're seeking because it's not meant to be our food. It's meant to be an encouragement, a good experience with God to encourage you, to encourage you to keep growing. The growing part, that's why, you know, for me, this is my calling to help people to grow up in God. And and sometimes that's why I'm always thanking you for sticking around with me because I'm kind of the preacher that says, eat your broccoli. (laughs) And I'm not a dessert preacher too often. So here's some good dessert. I I don't see a lot of importance in that as much as growing up. Because if you grow up in the knowledge of God, it never leaves you and allows you to grow up to the next step, the next place. A lot of the preaching you hear, uh, God's got something new for you, the next level, and, and they're offering you the next level of your life, your calling, because you attend their service. Well, Peter's telling you the net, the only way to get to the next level for you and for me is to grow up in God. How do we grow up? Well, here's the words, diligence, virtue, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, Godliness, brotherly kindness, love, these are the things that cause you to build to your future. And remember the end of this. Peter says, if you do these things, if you focus on spiritual growth, what he's laid out, if you focus on these things, spiritual growth is taking the image of Jesus that's in you, inside the new nature, inside this divine nature, inside of that seed, is an image of Jesus, his characteristics. And if you practice the right practice, and you focus on growth, spiritual growth, you cause that image to grow just like a seed of an orange tree causes an orange tree to grow little bit by little bit. And as that nature, the image begins to come forward inside of your new man, That's the knowledge of God. That's the love of God. That's the characteristics of Jesus actually being built, established inside of your inner man. And then from there, once they're built up enough, you can take that knowledge, that spiritual truth, that love, joy, peace, kindness, that spiritual emotion. You can, God will help you. It will confront the natural side of your knowledge, the natural man's love, joy, peace, which are not the same. And then you put on and you begin to live out of the inner man instead of the outward man. So I'm preaching again. Let's go back and we'll read through this. Verse 5. I'm going to just read through this and we're going to close in a minute. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. And I want, again, let's, let's give some respect to these words. Peter laid these out. This is a lifetime of wisdom laid out in a few verses. And he says, if you ask me, anytime you ask for advice, anytime you ask for a direction, anytime you ask for a word, Peter says, I'm going to tell you what I've just told you. I'm going to keep telling you the same thing over and over and over. 
But also, verse 5, for this reason, very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed of his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. A warning to the modern church is that if you keep seeking after being used of God, instead of seeking growing in God, you will stumble, you will be barren, and you are short-sighted. If you don't add spiritual growth and make that the focus of your life, you are short-sighted. And I say that as a warning because so many in the modern church today, I hear messages about God's ready to use you. Go out and and minister and and run ahead in all different kind of flavors. Let's go. God's You're full of God. Let's go. And um, unfortunately, some of that teaching is allowing believers to be short-sighted, to stumble in their future, and destroying their future calling. Spiritual growth is the only way, Peter says, that you will not never stumble, and you're not short-sighted. I'm going to read this last part. Verse 8, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed of his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. One example I'll give you is a young man who I love, who, who at the time was really wanting to be used of God. And so his time with God was focused on hearing, hearing and obeying. And he would come and give me stories of, how he heard God and he talked to people and, and shared what he heard and it was right. And he was always upset with me because I would I would tell him, oh, that's great, but i never give him an applause like a father would a son who accomplished something. And he was just wanting that and I wouldn't give him for hearing God. See, I would give him the applause and the pat on the back for growing. I spent time praying. I spent time in the Word. I've grown in knowledge, I've grown in virtue, I've grown in self-control, perseverance, and godly in love and, and kindness. See, that's the applause that I want to give. That shows spiritual growth. That'll stick with him forever. Just hearing God to go be a minister allows these areas to not grow as short-sighted. And we have so much of the modern church, I don't want to keep beating this up, but there's so many in the modern church are running down this path of trying to be used of God, seeking after experiences, 
after signs and wonders, after preachers who, who can read their mail. They're avoiding the words of diligence and praying, fasting, perseverance. They're avoiding those words and look, they're searching for words of anointed, glory, glory cloud, angels singing, signs and wonders, great testimonies. They're seeking after those things. Those things are the dessert. They are experiences and they are achievements that don't require spiritual growth. They are to be our dessert. They are to be things that encourage us, excite us about the future and encourage us to keep going back to the things that cause us to grow up spiritually. I see too many in the church not focusing on what Peter says to focus on. Peter calls it here growth. Paul called it transformation. They're both preaching about the same thing. Let's keep growing up because we will never stumble. And this, this, this word is for you. Therefore, brethren, even more diligence to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. This is the path you're on. You're on a path that may not seem that you have a lot to offer. You may not see a lot of great, you know, having great, great testimonies every day. But you're growing up in God. This is building up for your future. Your future is being changed because you refuse to give up spiritual growth. Let's keep transforming. God bless you. Thank you for being with me. We will see you again soon.